0: Two New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television, and around the globe on both YouTube and on the Listen Live tab. If you want to listen live, you go 1029ESPN.com. There you can just click on Listen Live, find the live stream. The live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Ryan Tutel, he's out for one more day. He'll be back in the saddle on Thursday, that is tomorrow, for one last show to send us off to complete this year of 2020. And uh then Friday we'll be joined by former Montana, Montana State coach Ty Gregorak. It's the opening of the early signing period across Division I football, including at Montana and Montana State our ESPN roundtable coming up just around the corner with Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate. We are efforting him right now as we speak. But Montana State, they signed 22 in this class, including 10 from the state of Montana. Probably the surprise of the day, Junior Bergen from Billing Senior. Junior Bergen had not announced his commitment. To, the universe, or to Montana State University. He kind of laid in wait, but he's an intriguing prospect, a really athletic guy, uh, a guy that was an all-state selection at both receiver and defensive back as a junior. Sacrifice for the team to become a quarterback as a senior, and he led the Bronx all the way to the uh, semifinals of the Class AA playoffs. The other Montana guys in this class that I think are really outstanding. Elijah Reynolds, a tight end from Red Lodge, who Jeff Choate compared to Will Disley, said he compared to him favorably. Jeff Choate was at Montana or excuse me at Boise State when Will Disley was coming out of Bozeman High School initially at uh, uh where Will Disley initially committed and then Will Disley ends up at the University of Washington with Jeff Choate there for a couple of years before Choate then took the Montana State job but Will Disley a, a phenomenal prospect and uh, an NFL guy so that's that's high praise for Coach Choate we go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line welcome in Coach Choate for our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls and Choate it was so fun getting the breakdown earlier. I actually thought the Zoom was a better format for it, just because we could see all the slides and we could kind of go in and out of it. But I know this is always an exciting day, even if this is not an unorth- even if this is an unorthodox version of the day. So, just tell us in general how do you feel about the class you guys have put together, signing twenty two kids, including ten from the state of Montana, that are now Bobcats.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the <laughs> every football coach is going to feel good. I think I don't think you go into it sign a kid and say, well, this guy's going to be a bust or, you know, we'll never see, he'll never see the field. I, I don't think that's the approach we take. Obviously, um, we've spent a great deal of time cultivating relationships and identifying young men that we feel like are going to meet needs that we have and fit our culture. And that's probably the thing I feel the best about, like regardless of, you know, what Cade Cutler does between the white lines, he's a great fit for us because of the leadership that he has, how important his academics are to him and the person that he is. And so, you know, that's one of many examples I could throw out, but I think that probably speaks to where we're at in this program. Um, you know, I think we're stacking good tech classes on top of one another, and, and I think that's a dangerous thing. And, and um, we definitely like these guys. We feel like any need, needs that we have in the short term and the long run, um, and it's a high school-oriented class, that um, we're building it for the long haul, and I think that's a, a good approach.
0: Across college athletics, I I think we all sort of agree just bemoaning the fact that uh, commitment and dedication to programs seems to be getting lost a little bit more than it was uh, years ago. But it seems as if if you can get guys that are going to stay in your program, then all of a sudden you have a chance to develop those guys. And even if they aren't impact players when they're first coming in as freshmen, redshirt freshmen, by the time they're in the program three, four years, they learn from the guys that are ahead of them. You know, they pack on some weight, they add some strength. Then all of a sudden, a guy that maybe didn't have – you know, all-conference potential or your starter potential or whatever it might be becomes that guy. So in your mind, is, is that something that's evolved in the way that you've recruited at Montana State is just finding those guys that are the right fit for the program that are going to stick around and that you have a chance to develop?
3: Yeah, I think that TRC, the right cat stuff that we look for has become even more important. Um, and, there, and we also know like there's data that we can point to and say, okay, this is what works for us and this isn't because we've been here four years. You know, the first couple of years, we had so many dadgum poles in the dike. We didn't have enough fingers. And so it didn't matter. They had a heartbeat and they wanted to wear blue gold. We took them. And uh, I think we're much more selective now. I think we understand what works here at Montana State much better now. And uh, and I also think, as you mentioned, the landscape is evolving and we've got to evolve with it. and We've got to figure out, you know, hey, it, it doesn't matter how talented a kid is. If he's not here, I can't develop him, as you mentioned. And so uh, finding young men that are going to find a home here in Bozeman And really buy into what we're trying to do, and we can have them here for those three, four, five years to develop them is really important. You look at guys like two, I think, are the best guys on either side of the line right now in our in our program. Look at Lewis Kid. Okay, Lewis Kid was a defensive lineman that we converted to old line. That was a late signee in in our first class, and Chase Benson, who was a guy that really just had Montana and Montana State in the frontier schools. Neither one of those guys was going to be an immediate impact player for us, but they've had a huge impact on our program over the course of their careers.
0: Jeff Cho joining us, fifth-year head coach at Montana State. His Bobcats just signed twenty-two new players. I'm not counting year plays. five.
3: Uh, year five doesn't exist. <laughs> yet, all right, so I've only been here four, buddy. Yeah, when right. You right. Start kicking, the clock starts ticking. You get to
0: five, man. Well, right, and that's it, right? I mean, this is going to be a, a season, I guess, that lasts for years. <laughs> By the time we're all we're all done with it. But on that note, it's an unorthodoxed year to be sure but last time you were on this show coach you talked about the quality you thought that was in the state of Montana in general just how many uh, good kids that there were in the state uh, maybe an unusually uh, high number of guys that can play at the division one level so just talking about that element of it kind of the coincidental factor that you couldn't really go much outside the state's borders I know you guys got some guys from Idaho and Texas that you're bringing in as well but mostly Montana kids were both your program, and Montana's program, but it seemed like that was just uh, a good fortune, the fact that there were so many kids that were recruited in, in a year where yeah. you had to prioritize Montana.
3: Uh, let me say this. I, I'm going to say that this was a really good year in Montana. I do not believe there were 25 I football players in the state of Montana this year, though. And so I think there is a little bit of a reach on that as that's going to create some opportunities for some young men to say, you know what, on a normal year maybe that guy's a frontier guy, but he's going to get a chance to be at a Montana or Montana State and now it's up to that guy. You know, how hard are you going to work? Uh, cream's going to rise. And so um, I would agree that there was a, a, a higher number of big high caliber players in the state this year. I don't agree that there is quite as many as what ended up signing. And so, and, and that's just being honest and realistic. And I think if you were to put Bobby's feet to the fire, he'd say the same thing. So um, it's an opportunity year is what it is for kids. And you know what most kids want? They just want a chance. And so that's the that's maybe the silver lining of the COVID year for these in-state kids. A lot of them are going to get a chance that they might not have otherwise got.
0: Everybody always at, talks about the, the in-state recruiting battle, who's winning. And as we've talked about and as you're well aware of, there's so many – Guys that grow up in Montana, that they're just kept pretty much signed, still delivered from the time that you know they're old enough to even know what football is. If they get the opportunity, they're going to go to this side of the rivalry or that side of the rivalry. You look at the five Sentinel kids that signed with the Grizz today, and all five of them, I think, had parents that played some sort of sport at the University of Montana. So a lot of times, maybe Montana State doesn't go even wasting very many resources in trying to recruit that. And you look at guys like on your side of the program. I mean, I know Eli Abbey's dad has a strong Bobcat connection, started his career at Montana State. Um, you know, guys like Jace Fitzgerald. His brother plays Montana State. Paul Brott, the third brought brother, now that's going to have played for you. Kenneth Iden, the son of a former Bobcat. Neil Daly, both his parents, Montana State alums. So, when you actually break down, who were some of the battleground kids? How'd you get? How'd you think you guys did in terms of you know swinging some kids? Yeah. Uh, you know that maybe we in the middle. A, let
3: me say this: we don't shy away from that because the young man's dad went to Montana or whatever. We're not going to wave the white flag. That's not our style. And I'll tell you one kid that I really like is Jace Klusiewicz. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt like he fit us. And we knew it was going to be tough to be, you know, because of those, the reasons that you talked about. I mean, he grew up probably wanting to wear those colors. And, and his dad and his uncle had close ties to the program. But that didn't keep us from trying to recruit him. And I don't think that, you know, they do the, I, I, I would be shocked if that was their philosophy on the other side. And I think that's one of the things that makes these battles so intriguing and and such a good deal. And, and yes, I get that there's going to be kids that, Hey, this, you know, these guys are Bobcats. These guys are Grizzlies. Let's go fight it out over the rest of these guys. And I think that, you know, they like their guys. We like ours. Um, the one thing I can tell you, I don't expect to get commitment from a kid I don't offer. And that's sometimes that's the case. You know, people will get involved in this, like, well, what about this guy? What you know? myself, Coach Halp, neither one of us expect to get a jump into a program that we don't offer an opportunity to. And so I think that's what I really look at is what was our hit percentage. And when I look at that, it was damn high.
0: The character of these kids—you mentioned that off the top—but we've had every single one of your Montana commits, with the exception of Paul brock because he's been so busy with all the things that he's involved with. We haven't circled back around with him, but Kenneth Iden—he's going to come on the show with us uh, here, Owen, oh, about twenty minutes. Former Class AA Defensive Player of the Year from Bozeman High. Um, but I mean, we've had—you know—Cade Cutler on the show, Eli Abbey, Elijah Reynolds, Jace Fitzgerald—all these Montana kids, and each and every one of them—they seem like they're so mature, and uh, seems like they have great perspective and that they have great vision for their lives. So it, from that element, what do you credit that to? I mean, it seems like this is not just a talented group of athletes, but also a pretty developed group of young men.
2: Yeah,
3: well, I think it, it, you know, when we look at our, you know, our kind of recruiting must list, it starts with character. I mean, really, our core values are also an acronym for how we recruit, and we change some of the names, but character's not one of them. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you can point to with every one of these kids is, is really stability at home. And, um, you know, their education is important to them. And those are things that you just can't overlook. I mean, kids that are, that know how to work, that have internal discipline, um, that love ball that have been through a little bit of adversity and come out better because of it. Those are the ones that usually make it because there's nothing easy about playing division one football anywhere. And, um, those are, those are the qualities that I think we really honed in on. And I really think that, you know, I, I mentioned the word discipline a number of times in our Zoom call earlier. And I really think that that's one of the things that we were able to do was maintain a really good level of focus and discipline on who we wanted, why we wanted them, and go get them. Let's go recruit the guys we want. It doesn't matter who we have them, don't get. Them. Let's just recruit the guys we want. And you're not going to win every battle, but I think we did pretty well, especially um, within the state of Montana and those kids that we really valued highly.
0: Jeff Chope, Montana State head football coach, joining us. It's the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Coach, with Twitter and social media the way that everything works now, there very few surprises on signing day, but there was a, a little bit of a surprise when Junior Bergen announced his commitment just before signing with Montana State, a billing senior standout, one of the great athletes in the state of Montana. So take us through uh, just what that was like. It, it seemed like he kind of made you guys wake down the wire, but I'm sure you're pretty, pretty happy to have him.
3: Yeah, you know, I think uh... – Junior's got a little flair for the dramatic, I'd say. Um, but you know the one thing I can also tell you is he made a silent commit to us a couple months ago, and he never really wavered from that. Um, he made us guess just a couple times, but he said what he was going to do, what exactly what he was going to do, and and he followed through. And so we kind of knew, but you never really know until, until the ink's dry. So um, I, I told our guys this morning, I said, we all know that there's going to be drama in the junior thing, but just remember the last time we went down to the wire on a kid, it was Isaiah Fonse and he was ever worth it. So hang in there. <laughs> and uh, it all worked out.
0: No question. Last couple things for you, coach I signed a couple guys from the state of Idaho. and I know that that's your home state. And I've always thought that the quality of football in Idaho at the prep level, especially when you get into Southern Idaho at Pocatello, particularly always has had, um, Mountain West, at least, and sometimes a lot of even Pac-12 caliber guys coming out of there. There's a great story about Taysom Hill recently in the New Orleans newspaper, you know, talking about how Pocatello made him who he was. But it seems like both those high schools of Pocatello, they produce a lot of good players. So tell us just about uh, kind of getting it more into Idaho. I know you've had some good success in the Boise area, given your former Boise State ties. But getting into some of those more rural towns in Idaho and getting some prospects as well, uh, was that a priority for your program?
3: Well, we've kind of defined uh, our Montana footprint as really Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, Washington, and Oregon. Like that's what that every one of our coaches has. A, that's our home state, and so every one of our coaches has an area in those states. Without Washington and Oregon playing high school football this fall, and without our ability to get out last spring and evaluate kids, we kind of took that off the board and said that's going to be a lot of unknowns. We're going to be guessing on a lot of that. What do we know? Where, Who have we seen? And some of these Idaho kids we had connections to, and we had seen them in person because they'd come to our camp or, or we had some familiarity with them. And so we really focused in on those guys this year. I think you see Zach Black out of Rocky. that was a first-team all-state defensive lineman on a state championship, 6A or 5A team. Um, you see the 2019 offensive player, or actually MVP of 4A football and state champion in our quarterback, Sean Austin. And then you look at, you mentioned the Pocatello area, Titan Fleshman, I think is the guy that, you know, comes from Century High School, is a tough winner, um, athletic kid. Um, I think in a normal year, it would have been more of a battle. We benefited because he kind of honed in on us. He kind of recruited us a little bit early, and then we fell in love with him. And then Tyson Pottinger up north, and my neck of the woods, that, that was kind of easy. I mean, I would, he, his dad and I were best friends in high school and went to college together. So... You know, once he started showing the ability to play, I'm like, yeah, I guess pretty good. He ends up being second team all state. He comes out of nowhere to do that on a, a quarter lane team that's, uh, you know, two year starter on a quarter lane team that's a perennial power. State.
0: Last question for you then, coach. You mentioned BJ Robertson, director of high school football operations, um, and just the impact he's had on the state of Montana. But you guys on your staff, you have so many Montana Western ties, and you talked about that being maybe an inherent advantage when you first took the Montana State job because there are so many western grads that are teachers coaches or both throughout the state of montana so that element combined with the fact that you're sitting here on a four-game winning streak against the rival how much of those two things do you think impacted your ability to sign such a good class particularly when it comes to the montana guys
3: yeah i think you you can't underestimate relationships and connections but to be honest probably the latter statement is more important um you know i do think that we've gained momentum and um i think it's going to be tough to stop that momentum because the facility that's going up across the street, I don't know if you've been into Bozeman and had a chance to drive down Katie lately, but it's impressive. And, uh, and what we've been able to do between the white lines. But I honestly think the biggest difference is how we treat our kids. I think the kid, that, that, that our reputation for developing young men and not just football teams has, um, has resonated throughout the state of Montana. And, and we're not changing how we operate, and so I think that's going to continue to be a real positive for us.
0: Coach, we appreciate the time. I know it's a busy day. Thanks for getting us in the mix. Congratulations on a great signing class. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll catch up with you soon. All right, bud. Take care. Jeff Chope, head coach, Montana State Bobcats, breaking down his signing class. It is the ESPN Roundtable presented to us by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls, they got something cool going on. They're, they're giving out Christmas kits. So you can get one of these if you want to have your Christmas dinner at home. They're going to get it all prepared for you. It's seasoned prime rib, horseradish and au jus, baby baked potatoes, Caesar salad kit, rolls and butter, peanut butter chocolate cake. Each kit comes with detailed cooking instructions uh, and ready-to-cook foil pans. Order must be received by Monday, December 21st. You can pick it up all the way up until Christmas Eve, 11 a.m. through 3 p.m., You're going to have to make at least three serving orders. That's what they're going to require. But it's $30 a person. Sounds pretty easy, man. They're going to season the prime rib for you. you are going to have it all. It's already in the pan. So all you got to do is just put it into the oven, and you're good to go. As long as you just pay attention, you're not having too much fun, not drinking too much eggnog. Should be good to go. Give Paradise Falls a call, 728-3228, or email Stacy at Paradise Falls. That's Stacy with an I at ParadiseFallsMissoula.com to reserve your order. Again, they do need to have the Christmas orders Monday, by Monday, December 21st, but you can pick them up on Christmas Eve between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Paradise Falls. The proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable in Missoula, Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street here in Missoula. Great place to watch sports. Great place for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Go check them out today. Breaking down the Cincinnati recruiting class, I thought that was interesting what Jeff Choate said. He said, you know, I think that Montana was a good class, the state of Montana, good recruits. But he had a hard time believing that there was 25 guys uh, that were worth scholarship money. And that comes with a caveat. Everybody keeps asking me, who won the state? Montana signed 15 Montana guys. Montana State signed 10. Um I think that there's a lot of caveats here. First of all, we don't know how much scholarship money is left uh, in, in the in the bank, so to speak. And I don't think no one's going to know for a long time. This is a zero year. So the seniors that are seniors are going to be seniors all the way through next fall. They don't count towards your equivalency. So they don't count toward your 63 scholarships that you're allowed to divvy out, your 85 guys that you're allowed to be on scholarship, or your 110-man roster limit. That said, you still have to have the money to have guys on scholarship. And when you talk about having a bunch of seniors, I know that Montana State... Before, they've had a couple uh, pieces of roster attrition, but 40-plus seniors on the roster if everybody was to return coming into the uh, 2021 fall season. And Montana is no different. I think they have, um, I think last time I checked, they had 20 seniors on their roster and then a a pretty hefty junior class as well. So how many of those guys stick around? How much scholarship money are you going to have available? You could have guys right now that just signed today that maybe aren't in line to get any aid right now. But they might not participate in a single thing with the Grizzlies or the Bobcats here until they report in probably early June or maybe even late June. And they could actually maybe even get some scholarship money because of attrition or not. We'll see. Is there a spring season? Who makes it through that? Who doesn't? How much attrition is there after a spring season is played if it happens? If it's not happening, do we have spring ball? How much of that time is used for an evaluation period? So, right now, for example, when you look at Montana signees, like a lot of these Sentinel guys, despite having great accolades, I don't think there's, I, th- I know Jez switch probably a full ride guy or close to it. And uh, T.J. Roush, he's getting some scholarship money. I don't know if he's getting a full ride, but he's definitely getting some too. But Soren Siever, Gino Leonard, Cameron Sermon, I think those guys as of right now are probably preferred walk-on status, but it's kind of in flux. I don't think they've been deemed anything. I think that they have a chance to maybe get some money if and when there's money available. And so when you look at Montana's signees, you have a bunch of guys that are in that same boat. The guys that are, are definitely scholarship guys that are getting for sure money are, are some of the blue chipper guys, guys like Kellen Dietrich, and Jace Kluswicz, probably TJ Rouse as well. I think those guys are the best recruits that Montana has uh, coming in from the state of Montana. Cameron caps are the kicker. I'm not sure. I think in a normal year, he would probably get some aid, but I'm not quite sure. In terms of Montana State, I think some of their early commits were guys that did get aid right out, at the, out of the gates. Guys like Elijah Reynolds, guys like Eli Abbey, Cade Cutler, uh, Jace Fitzgerald. Um, I'm not sure about Jace Fisher. Um, Paul Broth, you know, but I do know Dale Daly, certainly, Kenneth Iden, certainly, and so when you look at the battleground guys, I think in this class there was, I think, uh, JS Clue Switch. If you were going to ask me who I consider blue chips, guys that are surefire. Full-ride scholarship guys. And, again, I don't know how the scholarships are being delineated right now. I don't think anybody knows. I think even Bobby Halk and Jeff Choate, it's still a work in progress. Who's going to get what? But in a normal year, I thought that Jace Kluswitz, Kellen Dietrich, those are two guys that would be full-ride guys. They're both going to the Grizzlies. I think Elijah Reynolds from Montana State, uh, Eli Abbey, Cade Cutler, um, Neil Daly, Kenneth Iden, and Junior Bergen, and then you look at Dylan Rollins as well, Missoula Sentinel Senior, who's making his way down to BYU. And so on one hand, when you're Bobby Hawk, and you have a chance to sign local guys, Missoula guys, who are uh, incredibly uh, decorated, guys like Cameron Sermon, Class AA Offensive Player of the Year, Gino Leonard, Class AA Defensive Player of the Year, if you can get those guys for little to no aid, that's a pretty good deal. And what has Bobby Hawk proven year after year after year? Well, he develops guys in the state of Montana about as good as anybody that we've seen uh, in the West, in the big sky, in the state, all of those. And so, you know, if you got guys that are dedicated to the program, what can they become? Gino Leonard, what can he become? He could become, I mean, there's been a lot of guys that were a little undersized, a little short, that became all big sky linebackers at the University of Montana. So don't sell those guys short. But when you talk about today, winning the in-state recruiting battle, what were the battles and who were the guys that were getting equal interest from both programs. I, think I You mentioned, Jeff Choate just mentioned right there, Jace Klusiewicz was a battle. Even though his dad played a Montana, his uncles played a Montana, the Cats recruited him hard. And I know that he was t- thinking about the Cats for, for a moment in time, but then the Grizz ended up winning out. Kellen Dietrich, I know that the Cats were in the mix with him as well, but the Grizz ended up winning that one. But I also know that even though Kenneth Dyden's a legacy guy at Montana State, I know the Grizz were in the mix there. Neil Daly, both his parents went to Montana State. But he grew up in Missoula. He was a Sentinel guy until his sophomore year of high school, so that's a good win for the Cats to get a long, lean athlete like Neil Daly into the program. Jace Fitzgerald, his brother plays at Montana State. His sister, Brindley, she played basketball at Montana State. She's now at Montana Western. But their father, Greg, was on the 1995 National Championship team. So that's a a guy that maybe Montana would have had interest in. I actually have uh, some sources that say that Montana maybe didn't go after Fitzgerald that hard. But regardless, Cade Cutler, Mike Cutler... His dad and his coach were on this show, and they talked about uh, it, Mike. talked about how both sides were recruiting him, and how Mike had had a long standing relationship with Bobby Hack, but how he was so impressed with his former college teammate um, Jeff Choate because Mike Cutler played at Montana Western, swinging it and and, and proven to to Cade Cutler. That uh, he wanted to be a Bobcat. You know, Eli Abbey was a big, strong kid. I think that he got some interest from both sides as well. So when he asked me who won the recruiting battle, I think that the guys that are in a normal year scholarship, guys, I think that uh, there was probably eight of them. And I think that uh, five of them are probably going to Montana State, two of them are going to Montana, and one of them's going to BYU. So we'll see how it all plays out. But I do think that Junior Bergen's commitment and signing this morning was pretty impactful in terms of uh, maybe having the the final say for the Bobcats slightly winning. But I do think, again, guy, signing guys like the guys from Sentinel who maybe aren't full scholarship guys now, that's money in the bank if you're the Grizzlies, though, because those guys are going to stick around. They love being Grizz. They'll develop into something eventually. Soren Seabrood came on this show a couple weeks ago, and he said, hey, I don't have any expectations to play anytime soon. I'm just ready to roll. I just want to be a Grizz. I just want to see what I can become. I'll move all over the place. I'll play whatever position you want me to play. So I think that that's uh, the kind of guy you want in your program, and I think that that's what both these programs did well. So when you ask me who won, I'm going to say in terms of on paper, the scholarship battles, Montana State had an edge. And I think that there's a – in terms of my personal evaluation of these recruits, I think that all three of the defensive linemen that the Cats got have a chance to be really special. I thought Paul Brott – could and would have been the MVP of the double-A championship game if Billings West would have won. I think Neil Daly is probably the most high-level athlete I saw in the state of Montana this year. Dylan Rollins has real-deal size, and he deserves all the the Power Five and FBS interest that he received. But guys that are long and lean that can run and jump like Neil Daly, they don't come around very often. He's raw right now, but what he could become, his upside is tremendous. I think Kellen Dietrich for Montana is in the same boat uh, because those two are kind of cut out of the same cloth. But um, I really like Elijah Reynolds. I think that he has a tremendous amount of upside at the tight end spot. But I also really like some of the guys that Montana's bringing in because, I mean, I don't know where they're going to play Cameron Sermon, but I think Cameron Sermon can play quarterback at the D1 level. I know that quarterback room for the Grizz, a little bit plugged up. But then you also look at some of the preferred walk-on guys that Montana's bringing in. You know, Jake Olson, 6'7", tight end out of Butte. Corby Man, a 6'5", offensive-defensive lineman out of Red Lodge. Sloan McPherson, 6'5", Athlete out of Savage, Montana. Those guys are going to be so far away from making an impact right now. But Bobby Houck has recruited those guys year after year and developed those guys year after year. So if you ask me who won the, the signing day today, Montana State. Get back with us though <laughs> to evaluate the exciting class here in a couple years because as we know, Bobby Helk develops kids at a higher level than almost any coach I've ever been around. Two Tel Nuanas, I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television and around the planet Earth on the YouTube, as well as on the live stream. Live stream presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We're up against it again. Kenneth Iden the Fourth. Coming up right For this, former Class AA Defensive Player of the Year from Bozeman High. He became a Bobcat today. Connections are what bring us together. Whether halfway around the world or in the office next door, Blackfoot Communications is proud to provide next-generation network infrastructure that enables reliable, secure, and always-on connections. From SD-WAN and firewalls to business voice and fiber, our solutions connect you to your community. Visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 406-541-5000 to learn more. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back, to tail Minus the 2 just the Nuanez. Ryan 2 will make his illustrious return and make his illustrious exit tomorrow. But I'll be guiding you through the rest of your week. Stay tuned, we got Ty Gregorak coming by the studio on Friday. Former Montana and Montana State Defensive Coordinator. He's burning on a lot of stuff. He's been listening to the podcast. And by the way, if you miss anything in the show, you can find everything on the podcast. Podcast is at 1029ESPN.com. Just click on the podcast tab or you can get it on any of your podcast hosting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe. Podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. I'm guiding you through as we get through a bunch of news about the opening of the early signing period. As you heard there in the Sports Center read 19 new Grizzlies, 22 new Bobcats, and a total of 25 guys from the state of Montana that are getting a chance to fulfill their high school dreams. And we have one of those on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line right now. Welcome in Kenneth Iden IV, a senior at Bozeman High School. And I think at this point, Kenneth, we can call you a friend of the show. I think you've been on here now about three times. So thanks so much for coming back. We appreciate you always taking the time. Exciting day for you and your family. How you feeling right now, man? Hey, hey. thanks for having
2: me on. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It was a pretty fun day this morning. And, um, you know, getting the email and the whole stuff signing and then letter of intent and all that. And um, we got to do a little sunny day at school, so that was pretty fun. And, yeah, it was
0: a pretty exciting day. So. You, yourself, and Luke Feddick both signed in with Montana State. Brady Lake, Padra Gleng signing on the other side of the vine. they could become Grizzlies. But a whole bunch of guys from Bozeman in general to sign in as well. So just getting a chance to see not only yourself but some of your friends and, and teammates fulfill their dreams, that must have been pretty cool. Just take us through what it was like just watching your, your buddies sign letters of intent as well.
2: Yeah, it was pretty exciting, you know, like we've all been playing football together since I don't even know how old now. And, um, you know, we've all been working on together and pushing each other and trying to get better every single day. And, you know, it was really cool to see all that work pay off that we've all put in together for all of us to get the opportunity to play at the next level. And, um, you know, yeah, we're super fortunate and, you know, we had a pretty good season this year and we had a pretty good group of guys and, so, yeah, it was super fun to watch, to get all the other guys, you know, get a chance to play at the next level and
0: look at what they can do. So. You burst onto the scene as a sophomore. Kenneth Iden joining us, by the way, Rangers Brothers RV full line. But you had a great sophomore year. I think you broke Will Disley's school record for sacks in a single season as a sophomore. And then as a junior, an outstanding year as well, leading the Hawks to the state championship. You were the Class AA Defensive Player of the Year. Your recruiting profile really skyrocketed. You started getting a lot of interest. But you committed to Montana State back in in mid-August. And uh, So here we are now. I'm sure it's been a long four months and a quick four months all at the same time. But yeah. after committing, I'm sure there was more people coming to the table. I mean, this has been a strange year recruiting. Everybody's kind of wanting a piece of the pie. There's a lot of schools that are recruiting in Montana that maybe haven't recruited in Montana in the past. Did you have anybody else come to the table and what kept you firm on your commitment to the Bobcats that led to your signing today?
2: Yeah, you know, I had a couple other schools contact me. Um, Washington State and Oregon, uh, University of Oregon kind of contacted me to see if I wanted to come play for them. But honestly, for me, the biggest thing was that um, Coach Choate and Coach own I really believe in what they're doing and what MSU is doing, and it's going to be a great next four years, and they're a really good FCS program, and they've always been supportive of me and uh, believed in me. And so, for me, it was just – tr- I had them, and the press they had in me was kind of like the biggest thing for me on why I decided to stay home with MSU. So,
0: what's your perspective on the FCS level? Because I think that the level itself has improved so much uh, in recent years. And I think it's always been a good level, but people are kind of knowing that as well. So, when you're thinking about making your college decision, a lot of times guys used to just jump. You know, you go to the Pac-12 if you have a chance to go to the Pac-12. But I think that you know, winning and and the culture at Montana State, the education, all those things are playing factors in getting some top-level guys that maybe could have played in the FBS. What's your perspective, though, just on playing in the FCS and the way that the level has grown?
2: Yeah, for me, I mean, I just kind of think that there's athletes at every level, and I think that, um, you know, Coach Joe is an amazing coach, and he does some really great things, and I think there's athletes at every level, and I think it's just like, wherever an athlete finds their best fit, and for me, it was MSU, and I just thought that, um, you know, everything I wanted to do with my future and my football career, it lined up great with what MSU could provide, and, um, you know, for me, I I didn't really look at FCS or FBS necessarily, I just kind of looked at what lined up with what I wanted to do, and for me, that was MSU, so
0: the academic portion of this thing was that an influence as well to remind us what are you what are you planning on going to school for
2: um engineering so yeah that was kind of a big deal as well because as i'm sure a lot of people know msu is a pretty good engineering school and they have a lot of good programs for that and also it's right at home with my family so my dad only has to go five minutes to the stadium to watch me play on Saturdays. So that'll be fun and um, yeah, I know the education fit right in line with what I wanted to do, so yeah.
0: It's our Prep Extra segment presented by Farmer State Bank. Kenneth Iden joining us. He's a senior at Bozeman High School, and he signed with Montana State today. Put on your analyst hat, Kenneth. Give us give us a lay of the land of what you think of some of the other Montana recruits. A lot of the guys that are coming to Montana State from in-state, they seem like they're pretty talented. Do you have any relationships with any of them, and who are you excited to play with from some of this, this group of Montana guys?
2: Yeah, I think we got a really good and really exciting recruiting class to MSU this year from in-state guys like Junior Bergen. I played football or I played basketball with him over the summer a couple of years, and guys like Paul Brott, I've gotten to know pretty well through this, you know, knowing that we were both trying to go to MSU. And uh, yeah, I mean, lots of guy Andrew Peterson down from Desert Edge, uh, Arizona. He's he's a stud down there, and he's been putting in a lot of good work and putting out some really good films so I'm pretty excited I think we've got a really good class and I think we got a good strong group of guys so it was fun to watch so
0: it's been a strange year for all of us but but from your perspective what's it been like for you I mean, exciting to, to make your commitment and all that and, and obviously you got a chance to actually play out your senior year but what just what's your perspective on the way that uh, the, kind of the last nine or ten months has been and have been able to stay mentally sharp through what's been uh, absolutely an unprecedented time?
2: You know, we just tried to focus on, it, like, hoping that we're going to have the season and plan on having the season and just try and act, like, as much as we could, that things are normal and um, try and get ready as best we could for the season with what we were allowed to do um, in terms of weight room and meetings and whatnot, but um, we just tried to focus on doing what we know what we're supposed to do and playing our football and You know, I thought that the last nine or ten months or so, like, they are pretty hard to deal with. But I think that as long as, like, our football team, I thought we did a really good job on just focusing on our goal and um, working hard together and, uh, you know, preparing for the season the best we could and not worrying about what other factors are going on in life. And so, yeah, I thought we just did a really good job on trying to stay together and work hard together and just hope for the best and, Yeah.
0: You signed today, but now it's going to be a little while until you actually officially join the team, probably report sometime in, oh, I don't know, early June is when they usually bring all, all the guys back together for summer training and all of that. But tell us just what the next six, seven months has in, in, in store for you. Are you doing any sort of winter sport? or I know, you, I know you're big into the training element. So uh, from a physical perspective, what are you going to be working on these next six, seven months to get ready for college football?
2: Um. Yeah, I decided to take a break off basketball this year. I kind of just wanted to focus mainly on football. So um, I'm working over at the pit right now, five days a week, um, lifting, doing speed training, just trying to put on weight and muscle mass and trying to just get ready for the season. And, um, yeah, you know, I got a really good trainer and uh, Zach Salda over at the pit. And uh, we're just trying to get better every day. So, yeah.
0: That's an interesting connection, too. I know you've been working out over there at Dane Fletcher's place. Dane Fletcher, former Montana State Bobcat, played in the NFL. Um, but he's got some similarities to you, a guy that was you know, coming out of Bozeman High School, an, an edge guy that they went on to become a stud for the Cats and then ended up playing his way onto an NFL roster. So is that a guy you looked up to when you were growing up as a kid in Bozeman?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have his, I have a photo of him sacking Brett Barb when Brett was on the Vikings, signed by him, and... Um, sitting up in my room, and Dane's always been a big idol of me, and uh, he's always been a really big influence on me, and trying to help me, like, get better, and, um, you know, he's always tried to help me, like, give him little, give me little tips and stuff that he picked up along the way to try to help me, you know, get better, and uh, try and reach my full potential and whatnot, and he's always been super good and let me train at the pit and whatnot, and but, yeah, he's been a really big help and a super big influence on me, and uh, my game and my life, and uh, yeah, a lot of credit goes today and on where I'm at for today. So
0: Kenneth Iden the Fourth, he's a Bozeman high product that's headed to Montana State. Big day for him. signed with the Bobcats officially today. Kenneth, congratulations, thanks so much for always being a part of the show. We're welcome back anytime, man, and congratulations to you and your family. It's a big day for you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch up with you soon.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good night.
0: Kenneth Iden, future Montana State podcast. Okay, I got to tell you, man, these kids these days, I should stop calling them kids because they're just, they're young men, they're young people, uh, young adults because they're savvy, they're poised with the media. It's outstanding. Uh, they're punctual. They're ready to roll, and they're always happy to come on. So I can't appreciate these guys enough. I mean, they've they've made this show what it is. It's been really fun covering high school football and recruiting this year because we haven't had much else. But it's been fun getting to know these guys maybe a little better than we usually get to know the high school seniors. And it'll be really fun watching their careers. I mean, congratulations to every single one of them. I mean, we'll just we'll say it all by name. I mean, guys that have come on this show so far: Elijah Reynolds from Red Lodge, Eli Abbey from Laurel, Kate Cutler from Phillipsburg. Jace Fitzgerald from Dillon, Jace Fisher from Troy, Paul uh, Paul Brot from Billings West, as well as Neil Daly from Billings West, Kenneth Iden, That was his third appearance on this show, uh, and then on the Montana s- side of things, Camden Sermon, TJ Roush, Coulter Jana Caro, um, Kellen Dietrich multiple times, Gino Leonard multiple times, Soren Sevred multiple times, Jace Kluswich I think four times. So it's great for those guys to to fit us in, make us a part of their day, and be a part of your day as well. It is tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television, Montana's number one and only daily sports talk show. A huge day in the state of Montana with 25 of our young men siding with either the Grizzlies or the Bobcats. 15 going to play for Bobby Houck, 10 going to play for Jeff Choate, if you want to catch up on all the information, SkylineSportsMT.com. I have a video with Coach Chow up there right now, breaking down the entire recruiting class. Also have a podcast with Bobby Houck analyzing his recruiting class. And we also have quick hitters from both classes with all the Twitter, all these guys' appearances on the show. You can find all those appearances if you just go on Spotify or any of the other podcast hosting platforms to search 2 tell nuances or As I found last night, you can even search for some of these guys' names. If you just type in Cannon Sermon or Cade Cutler or Kenneth Iden, boom, there it is. You can find it there. You can also find links to every single one of those interviews within those Skyline Sports stories. You can just go check those out. There's links galore in there. Recruiting film, interviews, Twitter pages. Everything you need, one stop shop, com. Skyline Sports every day, every season. You can also check out the Recruiting Central tab on Skyline Sports as well. And uh, we got you covered when it comes to recruiting across the state of Montana. Not just football, basketball, track, variety of it. We love doing it. We love giving the kids the uh, the attention that they deserve. It's an anniversary today. We also got some hoops coming up as well. So we'll finally take our foot off the gas when it comes to the early signing period. Let you breathe a little bit. It's a lot of information. I know... But check it out. I think that everybody deserves to know about all these incoming guys because it makes it a lot more fun when you think you have a personal angle on the guys that you're going to follow, either for the Bobcats or the Grizzlies. I think it makes it a lot more fun to follow the teams. And who knows when we're going to get football again, but I know we will get it again someday. And these guys that signed today, great group of guys. And I think both coaching staffs on either side of the Continental Divide doing a tremendous job. So I think we have a lot to be proud of when it comes to our football players and our athletes in general in the state of Montana. Two total new We got an anniversary, we got some grizz hoops to talk about as well back after this. On to the downhill side of your week, your Wednesday's over, your Thursday's on the horizon, Christmas, New Year's, right around the corner, Hanukkah's rolling, whatever holidays you celebrate, hope you have a great holiday season with your family, or with yourselves, or whoever maybe you're hanging out with, I know it's a crazy weird year, it's almost over, I promise it's going to get better soon. There's no doubt about that. It is Tutel Nuanas Ryan Tutel. He is out until tomorrow when he makes his illustrious return, only to say goodbye. If you haven't been paying attention, Tutel Nuanas is becoming just me, just Nuanas. Tutel's taking a, a little hiatus, or maybe he's just retiring. I don't know. He turned 40. He sold his house, bought a truck. He's hitting the road. Him and his family, his beautiful family, three kids. they are going to go see the sights, see the world. Uh, check out all of what the uh, contiguous United States has to offer, but he will do one more show with us, the grand finale tomorrow, so be sure to tune in to that. We'll talk about NFL picks against the spread. We'll have our latest, uh, and I guess with the three of us, final chick who doesn't know sports. And uh, probably hear a little bit of nostalgia from the one and only Ryan Tutel. It's the opening of the early signing period, but we talked all about that. If you missed anything from the first Almost two hours of this show. You can find it on the podcast. The podcast is located at 1029ESPN.com or on any of your podcast hosting apps. Please rate, review, subscribe. The podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you did miss anything, tons and tons of stuff from Montana State head coach Jeff Choate, who uh, had a Zoom call earlier, as well as joined us live for the ESPN Roundtable. We also heard from Montana head coach Bobby Helk. Throughout the show, particularly in the first hour, breaking down a class that features six, count them, six Missoulians. Pretty cool for us here in the Garden City to have that many young men going on to play for the Grizzlies. And we also were joined by J.S. Kluswitch, future Montana Grizzly and a Missoula Sentinel senior, as well as Kenneth Iden IV, a Bozeman High School standout who is set to carry on his career at Montana State. That's enough for the National Signing Day, early signing period stuff for now. There's some hoops tonight, Grizz. Uh, Montana, University M- Montana men's basketball team. They play at the University of Washington tonight. It's uh, 8 p.m. local tip, so that means 9 p.m. here. They're on Pacific time. You can find it on the Pac-12 network. It's going to be an interesting matchup because Montana's played Washington pretty consistently in Travis DeCure's time at the helm. They had a lopsided loss a-, a while back, but they've been in the mix. It's been a, a single-digit game the last two times they played the Huskies. and uh, The Huskies are a little down right now. Mike Hopkins in his third year after the controversial firing of Lorenzo Romar and uh, Huskies are one and four right now. So we'll see the Grizz. Um, they've been searching, searching, searching so many new faces, nine new guys on the roster, a whole bunch of new guys in the starting lineup as well. Uh, but maybe this is one where they can put something together and at least push a power five. They played 23 power five games under Travis Dick They're just one in 22 in those games. And it's been the offense that's killed them. They've been able to hang defensively most times, keep the score respectable, but it's always been the offense. 59.5 points per game in those Power 5 games, including just 50.5 points per game over the last three seasons in Power 5 contests. So a lot to watch for when it comes to Montana on the road tonight in Seattle. Lady Grizz had a great win in Seattle yesterday. Uh, 61-55 over Seattle U. The host Redhawks, they did not shoot the ball well whatsoever, but the Lady Grizz, they controlled the game with their defense pretty much just like they did against Gonzaga on Sunday as well. So back-to-back, good defensive performances for the Lady Grizz. That's something to build on for interim head coach Mike Petrino as he tries to get his team ready. Uh, Little news as well, the the next home game for the Lady Grizz, it was supposed to be next Monday against Utah Valley State, but because of some contact tracing and some positive tests on the Utah Valley side of things, that game's been canceled, so Lady Grizz uh, will have to wait for some time now before they take the court again. Montana, after tonight, they are going to host the men. They are going to host... Dickinson State on Friday as well. I told you we have an anniversary. You'll see here if you're watching on SWX Montana, we got a couple different media guides here. First and foremost, we got the Dave Dickinson Montana issue uh, from the Montana when he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. you also see the Montana Football Hall of Fame press guide, which I'm a part of. I'm on the board of directors for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. We had a meeting last night. So be sure to cross out these dates on your calendar. We're being optimistic, but we have to be this time of year. Next June, June 25th and 26th in Billings, we'll have the Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet and induct the class that we weren't able to induct this last year. So stay tuned for more details on that, one of my favorite events of the year. And also, as uh, those that have been listening, we've been marching through a 25-part podcast series commemorating the 25th anniversary of Montana's run to the 1995 National Championship. We have 16 episodes published. Now we have 17. Today is the actual anniversary, so happy anniversary to any of the members of the team out there that's listening right now. December 16, 1995, a day that will never be forgotten at the University of Montana. The day that Montana posted a 22-20 victory over Marshall in Huntington, West Virginia. And it changed the landscape of Grizz Athletics. It changed the landscape of Grizz Football. It changed the landscape at the University of Montana. And it changed the landscape of the city of Missoula. There's a lot of momentum that was built from that 1995 national championship that carries into today. But, I mean, that epic spurt where the Grizz played for the national championship seven times in 14 seasons, that started in 1995. So today, special, special episode, the one y'all been waiting for. We had 16 out. Now we got number 17 out. And it's number 15, the legend of the fall. Super Dave, Dave Dickinson. You can go check it out, grizzgreats.com. I've worked with Dave on a lot of different stuff. I've interviewed him so many times over the years. He's absolutely one of the most popular and famous athletes to ever come out of Montana, particularly within Montana's borders. Like Brian always says, he's Montana famous, and that's the best kind of famous to be. But this is a great interview with Dave. He took a lot of time with us. Um and he revealed a lot of his internal competitor, and I think that that's something that sometimes is missing. He's such a humble guy, and a lot of times uh, he doesn't necessarily let it rip. But he lets it rip in this one, and it's a it's a great interview with some great memories. So please go check it out. Rates, review, subscribe, com. You can also go to 1029ESPN.com, click on the podcast tab, or you can just search Grizz Greats on your podcast platforms. Hey, that's all she wrote. I made it through it all by myself, although I did have a lot of help. Thanks for Bobby Houck, Jeff Choate, Jace Klusiewicz, Kenneth Iden for joining us on the show today. we will back at it tomorrow. Ryan Toutel back in the saddle. His swan song, his last show with me, Coulter Iwanez, on 1029 ESPN Missoula. We appreciate you. Have no fear. This show's not going anywhere. We're going to steer you through 2021. It's going to be the best year yet.